Welcome back to the Blue Line Millennial Podcast. Joining me today all the way from the East Coast, you may know her, Officer Ashley Smith. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I uh, I hope that it's a little bit cooler over there than it is here in Arizona. It's uh, it's winter conditions here at 86 degrees. So uh, I imagine that back east there, it might be a little bit cooler than that. It's a little bit cooler, but we're having a heat wave of about 67 to 69 today. Oh, God. I hope you're hydrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super hydrating. <laughs> I have family in England, and they're like, yeah, it's a heat wave today. It's 72 degrees outside. Our roads are melting. Like, the what the fuck do you build your roads out of? The, what is it, chocolate? They're <laughs> melting at 72 degrees? Oh, my goodness. So to, the, to those of you listening, I'm trying out a brand new microphone. So if you absolutely uh, hate the audio quality, please let me know so that I can switch back uh, to the other brand that I was using. Um, so Ashley, I got a few uh, uh, icebreaker. Oh, I have no internet connection. Sorry. Apparently my Wi-Fi went down. So now I'm going on cell, cell service. I was going to say, I know. Apparently, Homeboy needs a better internet connection. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I pay $125 a month for this bullshit, and uh, I have to reset the router like every two days. It's fucking unreal. It's okay. I will edit out that like 40 seconds of me going awkwardly, what the fuck just happened? So, okay, quick, before any more internet issues happen. All right, Ashley, I got some icebreaker questions I got to throw your way. Uh, you can have a drink with anyone, living or dead. Who is it, and what are you drinking? Oh, oh my gosh. I guess I really should have thought about these questions. To preface uh, this, I sent these questions to Ashley several days ago, and she says, no, I don't want to read them. I want everything to just be raw and unfiltered. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is going to be a sentimental one. It's not even going to be like a celebrity. I would love... Um, my grandmother, uh, passed away when I was very young. I was in like seventh grade and she was a hard ass, um, hardcore, uh, expected a lot out of us. And back then I don't think I appreciated it as much as I would now. Cause now I'm the hard ass probably because of her, uh, cause she helped raise us. Um, so I think that I would like, I wish that she could see me now and how far I've come in my life. And I think she would be the one that I'd have a drink with and, She's Hungarian, so I'm sure it'd be something probably like whiskey wise. You know, that would probably not be good for me. I'd probably do a shot <laughs> and, and just be done with it. <laughs> yeah, just get it over with. Right on. Uh, no, I like the sentimental ones. I, I thus far nobody's given me like a weird, totally odd. Nobody's been like Hitler or anything like that. So no, I, I definitely appreciate uh, uh, wanting to to sit down with your grand. My I have a, a one ninety six year old grandmother. Um, my other grandmother's in her seventies, but I I would love the opportunity to share a drink with either of my grandfathers. Who uh, one of them I never met, and the other one I didn't get to spend a lot of time with. So no, I'm I'm right there with you on the on the sentiment behind it. Um, Next up is, uh, what books are you currently reading? Oh, no. Uh, I am a romance junkie. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I am. And the older I got, I watched, like, the Hallmark Channel during all their love stories. Even though, like, especially during Christmas time, they're always the exact same story with, like, a different twist. I watch them all. Um, so my favorite author is Bella Andres, and I love all of her Sullivan editions. So that's currently what I'm reading. Bella Andres. All right. And the Hallmark movies, the big, big city lawyer moves to a small town, falls in yeah. love with a bookkeeper. Yes. <laughs> or not a bookkeeper, a librarian. I guess she, they keep her of books, but that's not. <laughs> yeah. And then it's always snowing everywhere you go. It's a picture perfect little town. Oh, yeah. And it's something Christmas related. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you're always like, well, me, I'm like they're going to make it right. Like there's no way, you know, I know they're going to make it. Cause that's the whole point of the damn movie. They, they, they only have one boilerplate and it starts with, let's see, big city guy, small town girl, uh, romance, some sort of difficulty romance. end. so, yes, <laughs> literally we should just, you should just go about writing one. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll bring in some folks from around the, uh, the law enforcement community and we'll make our own version of a Hallmark movie. I feel like it would be a lot of chaos and people would just be like, this is insane. Somebody would be riding a horse naked on fire somewhere. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa would be just getting drunk in the corner. <laughs> yeah, the guy falls 
in love with the emotionally disturbed person. Yeah, the guy falls in love with the uh, the EDP, the the nine eighteen yep. person who's uh, who, who who whacks various things. We have a guy in my city who takes a he's got like an angle iron, little piece of angle iron, and he goes around and he hits things with it because he's an alchemist and he will turn them into gold. Yeah. Well, has that happened yet? Because I'd like to follow not that person around. Not happens. yet, but we're all sitting here like, what if it is actually happening and he's just hiding all of his gold and he's actually just super fucking wealthy and he just likes to screw with us? Oh, man. Like the, the little thought, the little thought is always there. When you see him <laughs> clicking things, you're like, make sure. Yeah, make sure exactly. Not- yeah. You're trying to sneak up on him, be like Homer Simpson, reverse Homer Simpson out of the bushes. Like, yeah. what, what does he do? Oh, he saw me. Run away. You're trespassing. <laughs> all right uh third and final icebreaker question what is something that you believe in wholeheartedly that uh so many people believe to be a conspiracy so are you saying what conspiracy theory i actually believe in yes what uh, yeah that that's a much more concise way of saying that what thank you now i will now word that that way from now (laughs) what is a what is a conspiracy theory that you believe is true of them you do not realize that i'm a conspiracy theorist <laughs> um god this is going to be controversial are we allowed to do things that are controversial absolutely okay the election was rigged 1000 percent. i don't care who you voted for it's not even about that i don't care who's sitting there the election was rigged and i believe that the vaccine is doing something to us whether we realize it or not right now or down the road and um i believe in people's choice to do that so i think it has something there's a reason why it's the first time in our entire existence that we are mandating something that has only been on the market for nine months right and there are nurses and doctors willing to lose their entire careers as well as military to not take it, it that's kind of where i'm like ah we should kind of like think about that because if those doctors aren't willing to take it and they're in the medical field that's kind of weird and Epstein didn't kill himself Boom. There's three of them right there. I like it. A buddy of mine, a buddy, a buddy of mine was on patrol the other day and he did actually snap a picture of a, uh, it was like some sort of glass company, like an auto glass detailing company or something like that. And, and their vans all wrapped, you know, vinyl wrapped with all their marketing shit and whatnot. And right below the license plate in real small words, it just says Epstein didn't kill himself. It's just part of their, part of their van, part of their marketing scheme. All right, cool. I can, I can dig all three of those. Um, uh, I did get vaccinated uh, last year. Uh, seemed like a good idea at the time, and I did get an adverse reaction to it, along with several people that I work with. Uh, just for saying that, this podcast will probably be shut down. My house is going to randomly explode due to a natural gas leak or something along those right. lines. <laughs> so, it, if they ever said, "Oh, you've got to go get a booster shot," not going to fucking happen. Nope, I'm not doing it. So, uh, I had COVID though. So I had COVID. So okay. I feel. Some countries are saying if you had COVID, and now I don't know if you watch Project Veritas, giving them a shout out. Everybody should go check them out because some insane whistleblowers are coming forward and not the fake Facebook one that we've all heard about the last week. Right. Um, but your natural immunity is three times more protective than the vaccine, and that's coming from a Pfizer scientist. Right. Yeah, and I have heard that, that uh, that your, your, uh, your natural immunity is going to be so much more beneficial than this like artificial uh you know vaccination immunity um so yeah if i could go back i probably wouldn't take the vaccine you know but oh well here i am i am still alive i don't have like an you know another ear growing out of my head or anything like that so um but uh no i by all means what do you think that the vaccine is like for me i personally think it's not that anyone's gonna you know, grow anything. I think it's all about population control and it's doing something to minimize pregnancies. That's what I'm thinking it is. Like between men and women, like I can't wait to see the numbers in like five years to see like actual stats of like children born this year, children born and let's see if it's like a steady decline. And then, I mean, it's again, science that you're going to have the back for what's happening. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I uh, My wife and I are not yet uh, sure if we're going to try to have a second child because our son is almost two and he screeches at us. And so you'll have this like wonderful thought of like, yeah, we should have another baby. And then he'll be like, ah, and you're like, oh, God, Christ, I don't want to do this ever again. <laughs> but, um, but like I had uh, I still do have swollen lymph nodes. Uh, a buddy of mine um, 
his lymph nodes got swollen and he had like a weird rash that kicked out and he had like a lump on his shoulder looked like sick boy and van wilder a little bit um so uh, yeah i honestly i don't even know where to begin on on what the purpose is behind it i don't think that they're like tracking us with it necessarily no but if there's if there is some sort of like underlying you know hey by the way this is going to curb population numbers in the next for the next generation like i feel like that's something that if you didn't know it you fucking probably should have known it and and they're going to answer with well we couldn't have known it until we injected half the population so uh sorry about that like yeah yeah i mean there's a reason why like they can't be sued that that is the whole why and this is the the easiest way to do that is to administer something and again i don't care my parents are vaccinated I was really pissed off that they went and did that without like waiting a little bit longer. Um, at least they didn't get it as soon as, you know, it came out, they got it a little bit later. Um, I just believe in like research and, and the longer, I mean, everybody that took it is the test subject right now. Right. Like it's, it's not like they've been testing before this, this, this is the test subject. So again, I support anybody that wants to do that's your choice. Um, it just makes me nervous. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had to, I had to report my, uh, like my issues to, um, it was like our professional standards unit is the one who's reporting it up and then it just keeps going, keeps going, you know, until finally Moderna or Pfizer or Johnson and John, whoever, you know, gets the data that they're looking for. And that's all it is. Like you, you are data. You are a number. If you got this vaccine, I, I am a number. I am a piece of data. So, uh, there's an existential crisis in there somewhere. It's only like 11 o'clock here, 1130. I'm going to start day drinking if we're not careful. So <laughs> I'm not on call this weekend. Fuck it. Um, I was going to say we're off. Yeah, we're, we are off this weekend. So uh, on that note, Ashley, how uh, uh, let, let's let's take it back to Ashley's formative years. What brought you into law enforcement? Uh, so I actually did an internship with a law firm uh, that my mom was a part of, and I did an internship with the police department. And the law firm portion, uh, I feel bad saying this, was boring as hell. Um, the judge portion of it, when I got to go to court and stuff like that, that was a lot of fun. And I wanted to be a judge, but in order to be a judge, you have to be an attorney first. So uh, I went to the internship with the police department literally fell in love with it it was an adrenaline dump i got to back then i got to get out and you know go to all the calls unless it was like physical domestics or anything with injuries stuff like that but otherwise i was out every single call and i just loved it and so i took the exam and two days after i graduated college i was in the police academy nice look at that your college uses that as uh, as data as well to be like see see look they graduated and then they had a job Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I i know arizona state university does it so they like I had to fill out a survey a year after I graduated that, you know, what have you done in the year after graduation? Oh, I got a job in the, in the career field that I was studying and, and all this shit. So, um, well, right on. So no, I, I don't think I can blame you. A friend of mine who was a dispatcher for, uh, for our agency is now going through law school. And I think she's like no more than like one lecture away from jumping off a balcony at any given time. So yeah, it- extremely boring i mean the the cool part is like the outcome of it is awesome because um not to like shoot my own horn but kind of uh attorneys around here hate testifying against me because i know i mean i took all those classes i did internship for almost a year my mom is one so it's like i grew up knowing this stuff right um and I just have all my ducks in a row so that to me is fun and when i get to, i'll retire at 40 i could always you know, go back and do that if I wanted to. Um, but the court part is the best part, but everything leading up to that, if I could just skip all that, that'd be great. Right. Right. Yeah. I'd like to just skip this chunk, please. Thank you. And just, just retire. Let me be a judge. Just be done with it. So yeah, exactly. absolutely. And the, uh, the, the plus side, speaking of like courts and, and legal things is that, uh, we don't ever get picked for jury duty. That's so strange. Yeah. What do you, yeah. I, I could totally he's guilty as shit. That's what I'm gonna say. Yep. Be like, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm a cop. Get the fuck out. So <laughs> yeah, I would walk in and be like guilty. They'd be like, we're gonna have this. Yeah. We're you know, we're just gonna end this right now. Let's just cut the taxpayers uh uh you know payments in half here and, and just be done with it. Yes. All right. Um and uh in your uh in your career, was it you're very big into um 
uh, fitness is very passionate, something that's very, pa- that you're very passionate about. Um, you're, you're, you're competitive in it. Did that begin before or after you, you kind of jumped into this policing world? Um, that became definitely after. So, um, high school, I did sports all year round. I did travel teams, um, went to college, did sports still. Um, but so I actually graduated college at 20 and got right into the police academy. I, reached my 21st birthday two weeks before the academy graduated. So um, I was a runner. Like I did like little things here and there. Um, Then as I got through my career, I started becoming a long distance runner. I did like half marathons. uh, And then on a call, I broke my ankle. So I couldn't run anymore. And um, the same year that I broke my ankle, I had been on social media for about six months. And I just threw out a message to like my followers. I was actually live one day and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I feel like I lost my identity. Like, is there anything that I should do to like help me along the way? And one of my followers is like, why don't you try bodybuilding? There's a bunch of bodybuilders at my gym. I've always seen them. I haven't really thought anything about it. I didn't really venture over to that side sure. of the gym. I'm kind of intimidated by it. So I was like, all right, well, might as well. I can't do anything on my lower half right now. I might as well just start lifting weights. And so I did. And like four months later, it was the first time I stepped on stage. Nice. Just go right into it. And, uh, and so I've got a, a girl that I work with. She's one of our patrol officers and she just did her first competition. Um, what, what sort of, you know, knowing what you know now, what, what would you tell somebody who is just getting into the, into that world? Uh, that there's so many things that I can tell them, um, for a woman's standpoint, and this is going to sound super harsh, but if you have anything to do with an eating disorder, don't get into the field. And I say that because it can trigger a lot of PTSD in girls that have had eating disorders because you do basically put yourself on a very eating disorder-like restrictive diet. Um, It is not for the weak-minded or the unmotivated because you're going to be in the gym if if you're going to become a a bikini competitor. I mean, I was in the gym for an hour of cardio in the morning with a 45-minute lift and an hour of cardio at night plus eating six meals of egg whites and vegetables or fish and vegetables. And you do that every day, seven days a week. So if you have events to go to, you have to bring your meals with you. If you have a significant other, they have to deal with constant meal prep, constant workouts, constantly being moody. Uh, I would say probably about eight weeks out is when you start to get really emotional because you're so drained. You can't do anything. Like you literally you for me anyways especially being on the job I the weight of my equipment it was so hard getting in and out of my patrol car like that's how much it's 32 pounds so it's like that's how much it weighs on you because you're getting to a point where you're at such a low body fat index that you have no energy you feel super emotional like this is a hilarious story and I can laugh about it now but so your meals are planned for timing. So I, every, I worked 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. That's considered our sea watch. And we went to, I ate my meal at 9.15 because I knew I was going to do my second round of cardio at 10.15. Like that's how precise I am with things. And it, you have to be. So that's my last meal of the day. It's going to get me through cardio. 9.45, uh, DOA goes out, dead body. Normally, that's when we do shift change. So AWATCH would come in and take it. But any call that's in progress, no matter what, you have to go to. So we went there and I was like, okay, like maybe we'll only be here for like 15 minutes. Like AWATCH will log in. No big deal. So it's me, my wing cards, and the sergeant shows up. He's like, hey, uh, AWATCH just got um, dispatched to shots fired call. Like they're not going to be able to come. And I was like, just standing there wide eyed. So I'm like, Oh my God, I just ate my meal. I still have to do cardio. The gym closes at midnight. Like this is all going through my head. And I'm like, okay. He's like, but they're going to get here as soon as they're done with that call. So he's like, go outside and grab the camera and start taking photos. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go outside. I sit in the car and start hysterically bawling my eyes out. Hysterically. And I'm sitting there and sitting there and I'm like convulsing and I'm just crying down my vest. And the sergeant like comes and he like knocks on the window and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, like, I don't know what's going on. He's like, why 
what is wrong? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't think I'm like, yeah, I have to go to the gym. And he's like, holy fuck. He's like, just sit here. Give me the camera. So he come, he does all the photos for me. He comes out. He's like, just take this back to the station and secure it and go home. I'm like, <laughs> okay. He's not driving back to the station, just crying the whole freaking way. And I get down, I get to the station. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm calm. And I'm like, that was the most mortifying moment ever. But all the time, I would literally do it all the time. Like if I was, if I just had pulled over to eat something and I get a call crying as I'm eating my fish, like drive, trying to drive. But like, I just wanted to sit there for a minute and just like eat food. That's how emotionally drained you get, physically drained, everything. Um, it ruins relationships. It ruins families. Uh, you hate your job. You hate your life. You end up hating the gym. Um, and it's for a very short, quick reward. So that's the truth behind it. I love doing it. Um, but like this, that's why this year I, I had to take time off because right. I was doing it every year back to back. And it got to a point, like I can say that I graced the stage at the Arnold and that will be the biggest accomplishment of my entire life. That is the biggest show you can go to. And I'm glad I did it, but I put myself through so much hell thinking that I was bringing a package that the judges wanted. And I ended up hating everything. I ended up being like, couldn't be around people. I was so emotionally drained. I got, I developed horrible anxiety. Um, and then the Arnold was right when the world shut down. So we couldn't have spectators and we couldn't do our routines. We got marched on the stage. We were on the stage for four and a half minutes. And that's uh, starting in like July and then going to March being in prep just to be on there for four and a half minutes, it was just devastating. Um, so just everyone needs to understand like the pros and cons for it. If you want to do it just to say that you did it, then good for you. That like, that's awesome. I definitely support it. Um, just be careful and make sure that the rewards from it outweigh, you know, anything negative that comes from it. And, uh, and what would you say the, uh, the rewards are? Are. I see. Uh, I've been following you for a couple of years now, and and I've seen at the. It seems like the end of your competitions, you like you you give your like. It's like the you have like a cookie or or like a cupcake or something to to like. Oh, thank fuck! I just got done doing all this nonsense. But but you've you've described what is a very tumultuous and emotional cycle that is nearly a year long. Um, but uh, but what what do you get out of it at the end of it? I love competing. I think part of me is because I miss. Um, I was a cheerleader and a gymnast and I miss doing both of those things and not that this relates to it but it kind of does it's still show it's still presentation it's pushing your body to the point of like there is a this is as far as I can push myself like and you're competing against yourself every time you go there and you bring like a new package they call it a new body composition what you've worked for uh, that to me, I get pride out of that. I have a whole bodybuilding family now that I never had and I never would have had if I, you know, continued running. Um, so I like that family aspect of it. It's literally just a personal goal. That's really it. Well, and to be able to, to drive yourself uh, to that point for that personal goal, I mean, I commend you because that takes a lot of work. I honestly sitting here now, I don't think I'd do it. I, I've never even like, it's never even popped into my mind. Um, but, uh, I can only spice up egg whites and fish so many ways and I would probably lose my fucking marbles. So. Yeah. Like, and you can't, so, um, you can't you spice can't up your food anything. at the end. No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you got what you got. Like if I never eat a piece of tilapia again for the rest of my life, I'd be fine. <laughs> but I know that I have to in order to get myself down. Wow. Well, again, I mean, damn good on you. Do you, I mean, it, and it sounds like, like you did have the support at least of your supervisor. Do you have the support of your team? Uh, you know, the people that you work with day in and day out? Oh uh, yeah. And the cool part is like, so my department was fascinated by it. Um, cause obviously nobody has ever done it before. Um, so they asked me now like diet questions and stuff like that. Cause I've also like went and got out like my coaching degree, um, my, uh, nutrition, my fitness, um, my wellness, I got all these certifications. So that way, like if anybody wanted, you know, help with anything, I could help them. And I do do coaching on the side if anybody asks for it. Um, so my department will always go to me for like health and wellness stuff. And I'll come up with plans for them or I'll come up with activities the department can do. Um, and everyone 
I would say half of my department now goes to my same gym. I got them all signed up there. So Good. they go. Um, so that's cool. And they, a lot of them know too, um, that when I get into prep and they always like my entire department now asks me like, if we have an event or whatever, a retirement, they're like, Oh, can you eat this? Or are you in, in training? Like, so everybody knows that they see me eat something. Those little bastards are like, you can't eat that. You're in training. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, am, I am not. I am full fledged off season. I can eat whatever. I will eat this entire cake right now to prove you mofos wrong. Like, don't tell me. <laughs> um, but so they know, like, when I get down towards the end, that they need to come with me on calls because I'm so weak. Um, and just to, just to be around, just to help me. Like, I'm, when I tell you weak, like, it's hard to even communicate like I can't tell you how many domestics I've gone to where I've been like in my final week or my final two weeks and I'll just sit down as they're still arguing and just let them continue hashing it out and I'll just stare at them and be like whenever you're ready whenever you're done I'm not gonna be able to solve your 20-year problem that you got going on here so I'm just gonna let you guys hash it out and then when you're done you're like you good now can I leave like because that's how tired and exhausting it gets and they're looking at you like, this is a new form of de-escalation that we've never seen before. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then they're, because usually I'm like, then they look at me and I'm like, oh, look at them. I'm like, you guys, you guys good? You guys done? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, thanks for inviting me. If I come back, you're going oh, to jail. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can be anything. I'm on until 10. And it was a pleasure. Have a good day. <laughs> Numbers on the side of the car. It hasn't changed yep. in like 65 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Well, awesome. I was uh, I personally just I had to get that question out of the way because I've been kind of fascinated by it. And especially now seeing somebody in my own, defar- in my own department rather uh, work towards that. There's like all these questions that just you're like, oh, like that looks exceptionally difficult. What are the ramifications of it, you know, in your personal life and at work? And, and uh, again, I mean, you want to talk about sacrifice that like... Again, you've talked about it, destroying personal and professional relationships, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, taking having to kind of take a backseat at work by bringing bringing your team on calls with you has to also be frustrating because I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're like 97 percent of the rest of us in our type A personalities. You know, we're outgoing. Uh, we're we're outspoken. We, we don't mind jumping into shit, um, but you, you've pushed yourself to this point where you kind of have to let your team roll in and, and say, hey, like, Ash, we got this. It's, it's actually not frustrating. It's nice to be able to say that they're there. Um, but yeah, I am the person that like on my way to a call, if they're like sending, we call them tens cards or our backup cards. Mm-hmm. I'll be on a way to call. I'll be like, I'm all set. You can cancel my backup. Like I'm good. Like I can handle this call by myself. Sure. Sure. Uh, so, and people know that about me. Like I, I don't need a backup. I'm good. Unless it's something really, really serious. Um, I don't. So for them to then have to transition to like, Hey guys, I'm not really feeling good today. Do you mind just like rolling with me to like calls? And like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they don't mind at all. Good. Kudos to your department then for for being awesome about it. Um, and and on that note, um, when I started this podcast, uh, my admin just said, "Okay, be careful." Um, without really any other instructions, but I appreciated that because you get officers from like LAPD or, or other agencies around the country who, because of their personal Instagram or social media accounts, they're they're losing their jobs. How has your department reacted to to your presence on social media? Um, well, so I have had two chiefs in the meantime. Um, the first chief is not social media savvy. Um, so he was just like, okay, like whatever. Like, so I used to do a lot of things in uniform because he was like, I don't care. I mean, just don't, don't make us look bad. But like, if it's funny, whatever. Like, and I used to send him the videos and he would post them on the department page. Um, like we always said National Donut Day, I was in charge of that. So I think he didn't really realize <laughs> how much I had blown up and so quickly. Um, because, you know, people will see me on calls now and be like, oh, no shit, like I follow you, like holy crap, didn't realize that you were local or whatever, like that. So there was a, a point in time where he called me and he's like, he's like, we're getting like questions about like, do you work for this department? And I'm like, I'm, I don't understand. Like, how do they, why are they asking me that? And like, and I'm like, well, boss, like here, this is why. And he's like, Oh my God, like, what does this mean? And I was like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, it just means like I have like a little bit of popularity. And he's like, okay. He's like, all right. He's like, well, so we, we ended up coming up with a contract together, you know, that, that works for us both. You know, I asked for permission if I do anything in uniform, I don't really like to do a lot in uniform because I have my own uniform that I had a uh, company right. made for me. So I can do it in that. And then that way I just completely leave the department out of it. 
but um you know as long as i ask for permission like they're cool about it and they understand you know the popularity behind it and they're actually really supportive now i am in charge of anything video wise uh that we do for the department um like projects that we do if we do anything with like we're doing breast cancer awareness right now we did the push-up challenge um I did some videos for local businesses just to give them like a little appreciation from us. Um, I, I've done everything retirement wise. I'll even on my day off, I'll come in and I'll do videos for them uh, for that. So um, the, the new chief is a little bit more um, like up to date with things. So he's like, Oh my God, he's like, you can do all this. Uh, we're going to take advantage of that and right. do some videos for us. Um, so it's cool because he uses me for my strengths for different things when he didn't have to. He doesn't have to use me for anything. He doesn't have to embrace this. He can be like, nope, I don't like this. Um, so it's cool that everybody along the way has been supportive. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is nice to have that support. I mean, there's still, you know, even even within my agency, there are still people like fucking Kevin and his podcast. Like, God damn it. Or I'll get like the little, you know, remarks in the hallways and shit like that. But by and large, it is nice to have the support of people. Um and, and not be put in the same situations as some of these officers around the country who were there. Like, you know, people are like, you've, you've got a social media account with 73 followers, but you talked about staffing issues at LAPD. So you're fucking fired. Like that's, that's really what it's getting to with, with some of these folks. So um, no good on your chief that I can remember sitting in my command staff interview and talking about the power of social media. And that was only like five years ago. Um, yeah. And and this commander looking at me like I had a, like three heads, like the fuck are you talking about? We're not doing shit on social media. Like that's dangerous. That just opens people up to, to civil liability. And like, we're not going to, we don't have time to pay somebody to do that. And now we're like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they've, they're paying like a professional marketing company to do it. Um, and I don't, I do not align myself with, with any agency while I'm doing this podcast. Um, uh, you know, for a reason, again, that whole like be safe thing. But again, you, it, it's it's time to time to come out of the cave, out of the dark ages there, caveman, you know, put your torch down, grab a flashlight. Right. Welcome to the 21st century. Like we need to leverage social media in our favor. And with what you're doing, it brings about that whole like that, um, you know, you see like Mike, the cop and Officer Daniels did that whole like humanize the badge. Like, look, I am a normal human being outside of like the 10 hours I drive that Ford Explorer or Chevy Tahoe or whatever. And I wear this uniform like right. I I have wants and needs and desires and, and hobbies and, and, you know, so the fuck what, if I've got uh, a huge social media following where I discuss that, like, why, why does that have to, those, those two worlds can exist within one another. I I guess that's kind of what I'm um, getting at. What my frustration is, um, and I know some older cops out there are like, you know, these TikTok cops and they're shaming the bad and all this shit. That to me is so annoying because, we are now in 2021, 2022. We are evolving as people and as a society. And if you can't keep up, then you're that same person that bitched about our parents being Stone Age. You're now that Stone Age person. Because if you ever go into a room not wanting to learn something, then get out of the room. We should literally be learning something new every single day. My other frustration is I am a police officer when I clock in and when I clock out. I don't give a flying, you know what, who tells me you're never off duty. The fuck I'm not. I am off duty when I clock out. If something happens that I have a duty to react, I will do it. But I have a personal life. And what I do in my personal life is nobody's business but my own. I am not paid from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed. Right. Not. I'm not paid 24 hours a day. Therefore, I am not a slave to my job. If you're a secretary, do you watch what you're doing when you leave work? You don't. So why do I have to? I don't. I will be the best police officer and very professional and do exactly what I need to do for my job the hours that I am there. When I am not there, I'm Ashley Smith, a civilian, a citizen. So if I want to have hobbies and do my thing, I'm entitled to just like anybody else. Plain and simple. Yep. I'll hold the sign that says change my mind. <laughs> you, you've mentioned people um, that you've run into on calls have recognized you. Have you have you arrested somebody who's like, holy shit, you're Ashley Smith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the time. All the time. 
I've gone to domestics where people have been arguing and someone will turn to me and be like, oh my God, I saw you on social media. And then immediately ends the domestic. And now we're bullshitting about that stuff. Like how you see me on social media is how I am 24 seven. When it comes to I'm chill, I'm just who I am. I come on calls and I'm like, hey, you know, what's going on? Like if people give me attitude, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, bro, I don't want to be here just as much as you don't want me to be here. So if we could figure this out so I can leave, that would be great. Like, I am so chill. I will sit on someone's couch and talk to them. I will be someone's best friend. I will be super empathetic. I'll raise my voice and give attitude and, you know, give commands when I have to. But even then, most times if I'm like, whoa, why are you yelling at me? That will get them in check more than if I try to over yell them. Right. They're going to yell back at me more. Like, I just, I have you know, almost 14 years on, like, I just don't have, like, when they, they're not kidding when they say when you hit 10 years, like, things change for you, because we have 20 years now. They do change. I grew up on this job. I was 20 years old when I got hired. I've been that go, 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 you know, cop, probably for 10 years, and then once you hit the 10 years, you're just like, all right, well, I don't really want to feel like fighting with anyone anymore. Don't really feel like doing extra paperwork anymore. Like, I want to just go handle calls and make sure everyone's safe and taken care of and do the paperwork that they need to do. But if I can, you know, verbal judo somebody into just chilling out and relaxing and getting done what we need to get done. Like I'm going to do that. I'm going to do, especially now because like every, you could fart and someone's going to sue you now. Right. Like it's all about liability, liability. So it's just like you change tactics when you get years on, you're just like chill. Like everything will be okay. Yeah, you go from uh, you go from being brand new and and you're like you're like the fucking greyhound chasing the little rabbit on the track, you know, and then yeah. and then eventually something happens or somebody says something to you and and then you just like oh or or you know all the greyhounds take off, all these young bucks take off, and there's one greyhound still just sitting there like the rabbit's gonna fucking come right back to me. It's it, it it's just it's on a circle, and then you come back and you're like holy shit, dude, I'm all out of breath. I just ran two miles chasing this guy, and how'd you find like my first foot pursuit? I chased this guy literally out of his shoes through alleyways across a six lane street with traffic, yada, yada, yada. And who caught him? My like gang unit FTO who just sort of like do, 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 just like rolled over there and then wandered into this front yard and pulled this dude out of a bush by his ankles and was like, all right, you good? Like, do you need a drink of water? I'm like, yeah, how'd you do that? He's like, I figured, you know. He's like, I've been doing this for like 20 years. I knew which way he was going. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. As happened to me, I had uh, a bunch of recruits, like three or four this past year. And they're all new. And I'm still like, want to pull my hair out for most of them. But there is a business camera of my recruit pulling up. And we're into a foot pursuit with this guy. And you see, he pulls up, throws it into park, gets out, starts running. I got a passenger seat. I start running and then you literally see a light bulb go off in my head and I stop dead and I go, and I, in my, I literally said out loud, what the fuck are you doing right now? <laughs> I turn around and I go get the car and follow after him. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Yep. Like it changed. And here he goes. He fell down a ravine in the snow. Like I have pictures of him fully. Looks like he crapped his pants like a kid and it went up his back. He has got mud <laughs> from his ass all the way up to his collar where his head is like full of mud and didn't even end up catching the guy my other partner who i was like hey i'm in the car i'm going this way come around the other way my other partner ended up catching them <laughs> you just, so you just look at your boot like, like what did like, you learn <laughs> yeah and like, he was so mad that i'm videoing him and i'm like yeah how was that you got poop on the back of you and he's like Show <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> so 14 years in are you, are you uh are, are you staying on patrol or are you doing other things um what what has your law enforcement career looked like over the last 14 years um so i'm a master instructor in everything except for firearms um so basically i've done patrol but then the last three years uh we call them sros i don't know if you guys do uh senior officers so when a sergeant isn't on, we're acting sergeant. Okay. So I moved into that role um, where I monitor my shift. Um, my sergeants only work two days out of the entire week um, that I'm on. Otherwise, I run um, that platoon. And I did get promoted uh, June 1st, but the promotion does not start until next month. So, so that's why I've just been waiting for that. Are you going to be Sergeant Ashley Smith? Or is it a corporal? or? Traffic unit. You're going to the traffic unit. All right. 
like, uh, well, I imagine okay, I've never, you'll have to excuse my ignorance because I do not deal with snow where I live at all. Does your motor unit run motorcycles or are they in like unmarked cars or what's the deal? I'll have an unmarked charger. Okay. Which is in order right now. Oh, so it's like brand, brand new. Oh God. Yeah. I'm going to get a brand new, my own take home. It's going to be cool. I'm looking at the, looking at the 2015 take home in my driveway. Like, oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. It's a take home ride. Yeah. I mean, take home will take home, but I've done so much stuff for my personal ride uh, with a really cool custom shop. Uh, So I've already sent them a message like, Hey, uh, my charger's going to be in, like, let's see what we can do to hook this up. Like, I want to put, like, ground, I have ground effects lighting on my personal truck. I want ground effects on that. Um, anything that they can put on it, I'm going to get it all souped up. Hell yeah. And are you, are you doing 20 and done or are you going to keep going? Yeah. 20 and done. Yeah. So I'll probably go back to school. Um, cause I actually would like to be a counselor. Um, probably substance abuse that seems to be the most prevalent right now um so i would like to go back to school and get my um, master's in that so that way when i retire i can immediately move anywhere i want to um which will definitely be out of this household state and then i will uh hopefully open my own practice and work like part-time because i'll be able to collect my pension and work part-time and yeah that'll be it arizona would welcome you with open arms it's just hot as fuck here just so you know (laughs) yeah i don't know if i want to go into someplace that hot yeah yeah it's like what's the summer oh we had a really mild summer at 112 degrees fahrenheit (laughs) as opposed to 118 (laughs) i was thinking more like north carolina (laughs) all right i can get down with north carolina i uh i i did uh, i've only been to the carolinas once and they did leave an impression on me i would love to go back so. It's nice there, and they still have a little bit of seasons. It's just mild, right? And they don't have like fifty feet of fucking snow. Correct. I just I talked to uh, 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 live with Thin Blue Scribble, who's a cop up in Canada, uh, last week, two weeks ago, and I still just cannot even begin to wrap my mind around policing in snow. It just there are people half the country that's listening to this is laughing at me and the other half of the country, at least the people in Arizona and California are like, no, yeah, he's got a point. I wouldn't fucking do it either. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it's, could you imagine being somebody that calls in like a domestic and it's a horrible whiteout snow and I've literally gotten on the radio and been like, you better tell her to run because it's going to take me 40 minutes to get there. No, oh, geez. Yeah, I can't it's even literally get to that point because like our the area that we're in is so big that if you go from one end to the next, especially in a snowstorm, it's going to take 40 minutes to get there. We get, uh, we get dust storms out here. They're called haboobs. Uh, I don't know who came up with that up here. I think it's a, a very, uh, old, old word. So, um, but it does get to the point in the summers on patrol where they'll, they'll roll in and it's, you know, seven miles high and 10 miles wide. And it's just like a lieutenant gets on the radio. And he's like, you are not permitted to drive anywhere right now. You need to park your car in a parking lot and just sit and wait it out. And you wait for, yep. fi- wait for 15, 20 minutes and it's gone. But I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if blizzards are like that. So I've never experienced a blizzard before. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's the same way. What we, we call it grounded. So the sergeants will, or the lieutenants will get on and be like, Hey, listen, ground yourself for a little bit until this passes. Cause it'll just be so bad. There's no point in us driving. If, especially if there's no calls going on at that particular moment, right. there's no, cause we, there's just a chance of again, liability, the chances of us getting an accident. Sure. Sure. Um, I do want to come back to uh, 14 years on you're, you're starting to, to see more and more female officers, which thank God, because I work with, I'm a sex crimes detective. I work in a unit of about, you know, 50% male, 50% female. Uh, but even on the road and in my current capacity, it does get to the point where you, especially, especially with what I do now, where it's like, I'd really rather talk to a woman about this. Um, what are you, are you seeing a trend towards, I mean, I know that everybody's hurting for bodies right now. We, we cannot get people to sign up for the job. Um, you know, every agency in a given state is vying for the same fucking 70 applicants. Um, but uh, but what what do you say to uh, prospective female officers? You know, much the same way I asked you for advice on on the bodybuilding competitions. What do you say to the the incoming female officers or the women who are sitting there like I'd like to do this, but I, I fuck I don't know. 
hot. So I'm going to back up and let you know that I am the only woman at my agency and I'm the only woman in the history of my department. Well, damn. Good for you. That's awesome. So I, uh, New York is very behind on females in the workforce. Um, as stupid as it sounds, I do not pull the female card. I can bust balls with the boss of you. That's not why I'm saying this. I'm literally saying that in New York State, it is still maybe 5, 10% max female versus 90% male. Um, I don't know if that's because the women can't pass the test. I don't know if that is because less women are applying to the job. I have no idea. Um, but I do know that I teach at the academy and there's just only always ever a tiny little handful that are in it. Um, so can't really speak for New York state because New York state is very much behind. Uh, what I will tell any female getting into law enforcement is she needs to do her research on that department. She needs to do ride alongs with that department. Uh, make sure, if, I mean, if she goes into an agency where there are no females, there's a reason. If she goes into an agency where there are a little amount of females, there's a reason. So she needs to talk, hopefully do a ride along with those females and see how the department is, how they react to females, how do they treat their females, do their females get promoted or do they stay on patrol? Do you got, you know, three females that have 15 years on and they're still on patrol and they've never been promoted. You know, why? Um, Look up any lawsuits that have been had against that department. Um, I don't mean to sound so negative, but at the end of the day, you need to do your research on your department because you're stuck with that department. And I would hate to see anybody get treated like crap or taken advantage of. Um, and then ultimately not want to stay in law enforcement because of it. I was not treated well when I first got hired by an old school regime that did not believe females were meant to be in law enforcement. And here I am coming in first female, like sucked, sucked really bad. It took me like five years for one guy to even accept me and have a conversation with me. And the only reason why he did, he did at the end is because he was retiring. So, you know, I'll probably write a book about stuff that I've, you know, experienced over my career uh, one day. Um, but that's why for me, it's a very serious topic and I hate to go negative with it like that, but they do need to do their research and make sure that they're picking the right one and do ride along with multiple agencies and pick which one's best for you. Like if you come up with a plan, you're like, you know what? I want to be a canine police officer one day. Make sure that you're aligning yourself with the police department that has a canine yeah. and that has, yeah. you know, a big canine program and have female canines so that they know that, that that's a possibility. Um, Cause I don't know about you guys, but it's still the good old boys club here. And that's what I was going to ask. Is it, a, is it a cultural issue? within you know east coast i've I've talked to people uh not not even cops but i've talked to uh i worked i worked where i really learned how to be a cop was was working nights along uh one of the major freeways in our state and there's little shit box hotels in that area and i remember talking to this dude from michigan or, or somewhere not even completely back east but you know like midwest area um and he was constantly like every five minutes of our 20 25 minute conversation uh he was constantly coming back to like i can't believe how chill you guys are i can't believe you how, how different you guys are than the cops back home and and that's i kind of learned that oh shit there there is kind of a difference between like east coast cops and west coast cops but what what do you think drives that cultural difference um, it probably could be, it's still old school mentality. I mean, it's still old school mentality with families and dynamics within those families and, you know, religion, religious beliefs or cultural beliefs. It's still very old school. We are still so behind. Like, I mean, there's as stupid as it sounds, there's still hate differences between men and women in the same job. Not obviously in law enforcement because here we're civil service. You make what you make at the contract. But I just... To me, it's got to be that deep rooted, just old school mentality. And we haven't come out of that yet. And I don't know what it's going to take to come out of it. You know, could it be we need a new governor? Probably. Because he was he was the heart of it. I mean, his dad was ahead of it. Then he was ahead of it. And look what happened to him. Right. Weird. And then we bring in the next psychopath. She was just like, she's just like him. So it's just like, it's that old school mentality that you need to get a new person that's very young 
in a different generation to bring in all of their young people that are up to date with the times and have them change this world. We're not going to change it. These, these same assholes that are in charge of this state have not changed anything. Like they've been in charge for years and years and years and years and years. They grew up in a different mentality. You think that that same 80 year old or 70 year old or 60 year old person that grew up in a old regime is going to be like, oh, you know, it's 2021. I'm with, I'm hip, I'm with it. Durka, durka. No, they're not. <laughs> like, they're not going to. So we just need a, a clean slate. Wipe everybody out. Bring in a new generation of younger people to start changing things. Otherwise, we're just going to continue. They're just going to keep passing the, the, the buck to the next old school regime person. I can see your, uh, your, your campaign signs now. Governor Ashley Smith. I'm not going to lie. This last year, I have been like so frustrated with how things are going that I've actually been like, you know what? Maybe I would consider politics. Because it's just, I probably won't, but it's just something that I would definitely consider because it's just wild. It is so wild. Every single state is its own like little country now at this point. We're all against each other. It, I, I see something new pop up in the news every day, and I'm like, "This? Are we really here? Like, do you know? Do you remember back in the day, like when we were kids, that people died to come into this country? They're like, oh my God, America! Like, we want to go visit there. We want to go see there. We are the laughing stock of the world right now, and that's extremely embarrassing. And I have no idea how in the hell we're going to change that. Right? Yeah, I, I talked to a dude once who had been uh, a member of the Cuban. Uh, special forces under Castro. Uh, he was vetted through a, an SF guy that uh, that was a mentor of mine. And uh, that guy had basically come to an agreement with the United States government, would insert alphabet, you know, soup agency here, that you get my family out, uh, I will get out, and then I'll tell you whatever the fuck you want to know about the military and, and whatever intelligence I can give you. And sure as shit, he got his family out, and then like he was being actively hunted across Cuba, which is not that big of a fucking place to be hunted on. And he's just swims out into the ocean, gets picked up by the Navy, and and gets to start his life here in the states. And I don't know that somebody would try to do that again now. What's the point? Well, we are literally at war with each other. What What's the damn point? Yeah, yeah, we can't. We you're right. We can't can't seem to get along with uh with one another. Uh, but uh, you know, I guess. I guess it's some of us, uh, and again, you, you know, not to toot our own horns, but you know, here, here, you and I are having a, a dialogue. Um, granted, I would venture to guess you and I probably agree on most major, major points. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you just being willing to to even talk about some of the differences between Arizona and New York policing. My my direct academy uh, recruit training officer RTO was one of the first female SWAT officers in our state. My agency has one of the other first female SWAT officers in the state. Uh, we've had a female canine sergeant. I had a female sergeant on patrol, uh, and we worked for a female lieutenant who is now about to become a commander. Um, and it's it's just, it is mind-boggling to me. My my boss came from another agency in California, and he likes to, to tell me, you know, just remember how blessed you are to understand where you work. And I, I think it's important for those of us in, um, dare I say, progressive, where, where it's just normal to me. Like I went to the academy with, there were uh, like 40 of us and probably 15 or 20 females. Like, and that was just like, all right, yeah, whatever. Like, uh, okay. There was no like, rawr, women don't belong in this job. And if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, hey, fuck you. Like, get, shoo, go on, get out of here. Go, go retire, right? And just fuck off to your yep. farm or whatever you're going to go do. Um, because like I've I've worked with with women who have kicked ass and taken more names than any fucking dude that I work with. Um, you know that that uh, they're willing to fucking suit up and, and and you know put their fucking boots on uh, and, and they don't complain about it. But I've met dudes in this job who complain every fucking day about getting dressed and going to work. It's like then don't work here anymore. I, you know, yep. and not not necessarily at my agency, but just. You hear it from other agencies. You talk to other cops around around the world, so or at least around the country. But yeah, it's just it is mind boggling to uh, to hear that. And and you talk about writing a book. I would encourage you to do that. And, and it's important to to not paint this like false image, 
right? You don't want you don't want to go out there and and sell the idea of like, oh, you should become a cop because of these reasons. I, eventually, I will have her on here. Her name's her name's Karen Logan um, with uh, Guardian Training and Consulting, which is a local company. She started out in Chicago PD, and I won't give away all of her stories, but but she's she's talked about it before where. When she's like, it's like week one, day one of FTO and her FTO drives down this warehouse district and is like, yeah, so that warehouse, how badly do you want to get off of FTO? And that was just in the 90s. Like that wasn't, that's not like 1960s, 1970s. It was only 30 years ago. Fuck, I'm old. It was the only 30 years ago, right? You know, um, but to, to hear that that shit may still be happening is just like, what, what the fuck? there's so much stuff that's happening that's a, like I, said, I, I probably will write a book just so people know but um the cool part about it is especially with my department is the guys nine times out of ten would rather have me come on a call with them than anybody else because i'm not coming there with an ego i'm not coming there to amp people up i'm not coming there to fight with people but they also know that if shit did hit the fan i am right next to them handling business Right. Um, so they trust me more when it comes to that you know i get a lot of guys that will call me for advice on calls or for different situations and I'm like yeah sure like let's talk it out you know it's because I help them learn I don't you know belittle them or make them think that they're stupid um so that's the the value I think that the females bring is we can be empathetic we can look at things from a different point of view and like for me the cool part is if someone were to see me come on a call where I'm little you know I look sweet I'm attractive. They might not be like, you know what? I'm going to fight with her. They might be like, oh, crap. They said a female cop. All right. Well, I, I got to actually talk to this one. Where if they see my partner, you know, who's 6'2", 250, you know, not fat, but like built, coming on a call and this guy has already got an ego issue and amped up, he might pick, you know, a fight with that guy. So there are advantages to it. And like how my chief uses me for my, you know, strengths, like with the social media and stuff like that. I encourage people that if you do have a partner of the opposite sex, you know, females too, if they have a male partner, use them for their strengths and, you know, each other, use it each other to help you get through, you know, different calls and different scenarios. Why not? Right. Yeah. That was, and again, that was something going back to like my Academy out here is that exact almost, you know, damn near word for word, that exact phrase, like, Hey, you may be talking to somebody at their front door and they're going to start losing their shit on you. Just trade places with your partner. Cause again, seeing, seeing a, a female officer come in, they may go, uh, okay. Um, all right. Yeah. I'll talk to you. Um, and, and even just general interaction with the public. I walked into a gas station with a, a female uh, a partner of mine and this dude walks up to her and he was like, I got to tell you, I've never been attracted to the police until now. And she was like, uh, uh, uh. And, I, and then I had to, I had to be the smartest jump in and be like, are you saying that I, you don't find me attractive? And he was just like, uh, yeah. uh, uh, I, I'm going to go now. <laughs> so I was like, leave my fucking partner alone. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, we, uh, we only had a short time together today, Ashley. Uh, I do look forward to talking to you again in the future. Certainly if you ever find yourself out in Arizona, um, uh, I'll buy you a drink, whatever you got going on. Um, uh, but, uh, my last question, uh, to you, which inevitably is never really like the last question, but, uh, you have a microphone to the world, right? I joke all the time with the demographics. We got like two listeners in Russia. There's a dude in Norway. Well, maybe a dude, maybe a female. There's somebody in Norway. There's a couple people down in Brazil. There's like 18 people in Arizona. Um, but you got a microphone to the world. What does the world need to hear from officer Ashley Smith? Um, I would just say, uh, I'm going to give some advice. Okay. Uh, my first advice would be do not judge a book by its cover and to judge people based on how they treat you personally. Um, just to be kind to everyone. And again, let, if you have an opinion on something, that's great. Good for you. But if you're, if no one asks you for your opinion, just keep it to yourself. There's no need to just interject your opinion on something and be okay if somebody else doesn't share the same opinion with you. I feel like that's like the chaotic world that we're living in right now that people feel like, you know, they're basement dwellers and they can make comments to other people, which they wouldn't make comments to their face. Um, and people don't understand that we all make our own choices. We own, we live our own lives. Um, so just be kind to one another and be accepting of one another. Um, and then I will end with a little commercial. If you guys need any supplements, you guys can go to Steel Fit and use discount code Officer Ashley for any of your needs. 
Deal. Deal. We'll, uh, we'll tag Steelfit in this so that we can start driving people that direction uh, as well. Um, awesome. Yeah. Ch- we're all out there making our own decisions, living our own lives, respect people and the decisions that they make. Um, you know, you don't know what their background is. You don't know what they're going through that particular moment. Um, yeah. So again, that, that comes, comes back to those lessons learned in field training that I feel that you don't have to be a cop to know that, Hey, like that person could be having a really shitty day if they didn't, you know, reciprocate when I held the door open for it, whatever the fuck is, I don't need to get, I don't need to get angry about that. Just let's just move on with our day and continue to treat people with respect. Cause you may be the first person that somebody comes into contact with that day who has treated them like a fucking human being. Yeah. Right. You, you may, you may encounter, you know, you may pull over the Starbucks barista on their way home who for the past eight hours had some fucking assholes ordering the most complex drinks known to science uh, and then shitting on them and getting mad because it had one too many ice cubes in it. Like just, yeah. just be cool. Just be cool with people. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, Ashley, again, thank you so much for coming on the blue line millennial podcast. Um, for those of you that, uh, that are listening, if you're not already follow officer, Ashley Smith, um, go out and, and, and check out what she's got going on. Uh, she's got some discount codes with steel fit and some other organizations out there as well for, for supplements and, and fitness and nutrition. Um, and, uh, do please let me know about this new microphone setup. Um, cause I just, you know, without, the listener's feedback, I don't really make any changes. Um, so that's all I got. Uh, Ashley, again, it was great having you on. If you're ever out in Arizona, look me up. And everybody else out there, stay safe, and I'll see you on the road. Thank you.